Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Big D Podcast on Spunky Spectrum Sports on YouTube. I am Alex, and as always, I have my good friend Dylan with me today. Everyone, remember, make sure to like, subscribe, uh, all the fun things with the YouTube videos. Dylan makes great content. He uh, is pumping it out uh, all the time. He's making new videos, got really solid interviews uh, every week and multiple times a week. And uh, definitely make sure to watch those videos, subscribe to his channel, and like his videos for more content. But and, and also you can and also you can and also if you are more on the audio side you can tune in on Spotify and right. Apple iTunes so uh, for all you Spotify and Apple viewers and trust me it seems like everybody's got a Spotify account now right. nowadays please uh, give the Big D podcast a listen absolutely got it on all the streaming services so there's no excuses if you don't want to see our ugly faces you can listen on Spotify. If uh, you don't think we're so ugly, just watch on YouTube. But uh, no. yeah, we're uh, not. Yeah, we're not on TikTok. But uh, <laughs> but I have no idea what TikTok is. Yeah, we yeah, we don't need to be on TikTok. I think we're good. Uh, I think we're good here. But uh, when you get this started, you ready to get this started? Uh, wait a minute. You mean our crappy football teams yesterday? Yeah. So speaking of week two, was not a uh, very. Uh, watchable, watchable weekend when it comes to uh, the fans of our favorite sports uh, NFL teams. You know, um, Jacksonville had a tough battle with Denver. You know, special teams touchdown helped him out, but not enough. 23-13, the Broncos went away with that one. And my Miami Dolphins, my Tua-less poor guy, 35 nothing against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You know, it – I have a smile on my face right now, and I really don't know why, because that was <laughs> probably the most miserable football game I've watched in my entire life. I mean, be honest, when to, I mean, I thought Miami came in that game with a chance to win, and then that game was over in the first quarter, and when I saw Tua leave the game, I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. Yeah, you know, um, it sucks. The offensive line sucks. The Dolphins sucked yesterday. Every Everyone on, involved and – and in coordinates with the Miami Dolphins, we're just a heaping pile of garbage yesterday. The offensive line, I, I mean, I don't understand how they're going to play Tampa Bay with that defensive line in a couple weeks with the blockers that <clears throat> Tua, Jacoby Brissett, Reed Sinnott, whoever is our quarterback by the time we get there. I mean, if the offensive line keeps playing like this, we're going to have to be calling in Colin Kaepernick or something because there's, I mean, it's, it's, it's been the history of my life as an offense fan, knowing that our offensive line is terrible. Our offensive line has been terrible my entire life, but seeing how terrible it was yesterday after countless draft picks spent on fixing the offensive line, it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad. I mean, it was just a horrific display of just letting grown men walk right past you and injure your starting quarterback. So let's see. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. But six times the Bills sacked your quarterback. Yeah. And uh, many more times than that, the quarterback, Jacoby Brissett in particular, uh, got the ball away 
half a second before getting drilled and throws it into the ground or out of the field of play. I mean, it's just the, their their defense, their defense aligns, their the defense alignment may as well started at a running back position because they were in our backfield the entire game. I mean, it just yeah. And as as bad as the offense, the crazy thing about it is as bad as the offensive line per, uh, played yesterday, the Miami Dolphins were in the red zone countless times. They were in field goal position, field goal range on numerous tries. The defense, the Dolphins' defense. I mean, you look at a, you look at a game that says thirty five nothing. Obviously, the offense didn't do anything, but you think thirty five points. Defense couldn't have played that well either. The Dolphins' defense played fine yesterday. They played. I mean, Buffalo had I think four drives in a row without scoring uh early in that game we were still we were still multiple scores uh down but i mean if the defense gives you four opportunities down two or three touchdowns and you can't put a single point on the board i mean the defense didn't play great they had their breakdowns they had some bad plays but they kept miami that it could have been 35 nothing at halftime and the defense fortunately saved that from happening but the offense just was nowhere to be found was it just one of those games where like nothing went right whether it be offense or defense because usually when you think miami not true miami has struggled with buffalo last couple years particularly with josh allen if you remember last if you remember week 17 last year hello to your mom but i saw you i saw your mother of photo bombing but uh if you think back to week 17 last year, uh, Buffalo made mince me in Miami, and yesterday was more of the same. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the biggest thing Dolphins, Dolphins fans were thinking about before kickoff yesterday is last time we saw this team uh, playoff spot on the line, win and you're in the playoffs, and you let Buffalo put up 50, uh, a 50 burger on you. Can't let that happen again. Well, they didn't put up 50, but we didn't put up anything. So, it didn't. I mean, it's just – you know, credit to Josh Allen, credit to the Bills as, as much as I hate saying it. I know I was never, you know, in the AFC East has always been, I hate the Patriots and the Jets are just annoying. But the Bills were never really a big, I never really cared about the Bills because the Bills were kind of the same as the Dolphins for my entire childhood, practically. I mean, we were just the bottom dwellers of the division. Like we'd have a couple decent seasons, but never really had any chance of doing anything. But now the Bills are starting to piss me off. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just their fans are very passionate and uh, they got a good football team. And it's just frustrating to think that the Dolphins are turning things around and taking steps in the right direction. The dynasty powerhouse of New England is finally, it's different at least. I mean, I'm not going to say New England's gone because they're still a decent football team. Thankfully, we took care of them last week, but, you know, they're still there. But having a new AFC conference favorite in our division is just frustrating. Yeah, to me, the one big gap between Buffalo and Miami is that quarterback. We got one of the top five passes in Josh Allen, and we don't know what two is. Because, yeah. A, it seems like two is damaged goods. B... He can't throw the ball down the field. And see, every time he throws the ball down the field, he's at risk of sustaining some kind of an injury. Yeah. I mean, frustrating. I, you know, he's he's got 
he's yeah. I mean, the quarterback, it's, you're 100% right. The quarterback play is what the difference is between these two teams. I'd say consistency, just general consistency is uh, another thing that puts Buffalo ahead of Miami because, I mean, although they did lose week one, um, you know, it's first week of the season. You don't really have current film to study about any of these teams. So, you know, a lot of crazy stuff can happen in, in week one. But, um, you know, and the Steelers, I mean, you look at the Steelers last year, they had such a good, they had such a hot start at the beginning of the year and then just completely fell to pieces at the second half of the year. So I think Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with Mike Tomlin at the, at the head, um, they are probably a pretty determined football team, although losing to Vegas this week probably uh, disputes that a little bit. But, you know, like I said, anything can happen week one. But, I mean, Buffalo, it's, uh, it, they're, 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 they're here to, they're here to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, if any Buffalo, I mean, all Buffalo Bills expectations have to be Super Bowl this year. And, and it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, it with Tua, we don't, we're, we're, we're going to see how he recovers from this. Obviously. I mean, it, when he had his, his hip injury coming out of Alabama, he had, as they said, one of the fastest recoveries to that injury that the, that the football doctors had seen. And, you know, we'll see how, how he handles coming back from this, how quick he can get back and how he looks after that. But he's definitely going to have to uh, make some plays and, and, and silence the doubters, and he's the only one who can do it. Yeah, you forgot the number one statement. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, especially against the Miami Dolphins. All right, Chris Berman. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, by the way, I actually met Chris Berman a couple of years ago in Naples. Did you? That's that's an, that's a fun one to meet. Uh yep, Boomer, yep. Boomer and I met. Uh, that, that's impressive. You know, I've always always been a, a big fan of his uh and actually and actually and actually, you know what? He caught he thought I was named after Bob Dylan. Oh really? <laughs> is that is that not the case? Uh no. All right, I heard it here first. Dylan is not named after Bob Dylan, and now Boomer, uh, now uh, Boomer knows it. So there you go. Okay. No. Oh no! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! No! No! I don't know. I was. I, I don't know what you're thinking. I was just gonna start. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe you didn't know. Um, let's stop talking about my misery for a little bit. Let's let's shift the let's shift the focus to your misery for a little bit. Uh, you know, Jacksonville, Owen two, uh, Trevor Lawrence, rookie. I, th- I think that's probably a good way to to just uh, describe him right there. He's he's a rookie. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts after week two? Well, at least the Jaguars started well. I mean, uh, that great touchdown drive for Lawrence down Mulvey Jones touchdown. I mean, it looked like Jacksonville started well, but then we found out how good the Broncos really are, and they're really good on yeah. both sides of the ball. I mean, that was a – I mean, 23-13, but really the game wasn't even that close. I mean, Denver more than double Jacksonville total yardage. I mean, Jacksonville – Biggest play of the day was a 102-yard kickoff returned by Agnew. Yeah. But, uh, again, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a rookie. I knew this – I knew the start would be very ugly. I mean, two more picks yesterday won't help. But, I mean, Trevor – I've got less concern about Trevor than 
I do about the rest of the team. I mean, yeah, the offensive line could be better. I mean, of course, you're going to face me. I mean, actually, Jacksonville sacked Bridgewater more than Denver sacked uh, Lawrence yesterday, which stunned me, but especially with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb playing for the first time in a couple of years. But the big problem that I'm seeing with Jacksonville right now is that we cannot run the we cannot run the freaking ball. Yep. I mean James Robinson, I'm sorry, James Robinson fantasy football owners, because he's been a bum. Yeah. It's true. I'm one of those James Robinson fantasy owners and I ha- I benched him this week. I you know after that after that terrible week one performance against Houston, I mean I just the 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 I just have a constant vision of Trevor Lawrence dumping it off to him and uh, on a on a swing route on the at the very uh, near the end of that game and the ball just tipping right off his fingertips and falling to the ground and that vision as I was setting my fantasy lineup this week that vision just kept rolling in my head and rolling in my head and rolling in my head and I look at this Bradley Chubb Von Miller defense of Denver and there was no way in there's no chance that James Robinson was starting for me in fantasy this week. But um, yeah, I you know as as you were talking about that, I was I was looking at the team stats. The run game is, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence going fourteen to thirty three isn't what you want out of your starting quarterback. But uh, James Robinson getting forty seven yards on eleven carries probably isn't quite what you're looking for either. And true, and true. Part of the lack of running game is the fact that Jaguars are falling behind, which means you throw in the ball. Right. And the running back's not being involved. And you know what happens if the running back's not being involved? You open yourself up for mistakes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had, what, almost half the rushing yards that James Robinson had on two carries. I mean, I know he's a mobile guy, but you got you got to be you got to be expecting more out of your running backs. And uh, you know, like you said, obviously you go down. You know, the run game kind of gets put into uh into the back of your mind, where whereas you you need to make plays happen. You're trying to get down the field. You're trying to get to the end zone as quick as you can. But you still have to have an effective run game to 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 be able to pass the ball because if 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 you can't run the football, then the defenses aren't going to concern themselves with you running the football. And they're just going to, you know, focus on shutting your quarterback down, which is what Denver did yesterday. So, you know, you def- definitely, I mean, how much, here's a question for you. How much do you think this Jaguars team would be different, if any, uh, significantly better or, you know, better, but, you know, probably not much of a difference if Travis Etienne was, uh, was healthy and, and playing for you guys? I think the biggest difference would be a, would be a somewhat capable offensive line, but then again, I knew offensive line was one of our main. The offensive line was one of our main issues, and it and my fears have been, been justified the first two weeks. Yeah, I thankfully, trust thankfully we don't play Denver again. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, unfortunately, we still have to play Buffalo again, but uh, in Buffalo. But you know, I um. It's crazy how you can build these teams. I mean, you can have such good teams. You got you can have such good skill players, tight ends, receivers, running backs, even quarterback. But if that offensive line is suspect at best, I mean, look at the look at the Chiefs. A perfect example. Just look at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, that's one of the most powerhouse, uh, full arsenal offenses that the NFL maybe has ever seen, and you have 
a couple problems with your offensive line leading up to that Super Bowl. Tampa was in their backfield the entire game, just like Buffalo was um, in, uh, in Miami yesterday. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is running for his life the entire football game, and you lose the Super Bowl. So it's just – it's crazy how – you know, obviously, when you think of like the sexy guys in, in football, you're thinking the receivers, the running backs, the fantasy guys, the guys who are getting you points on your fantasy team. But man, that offensive line is crucial. And I, I think uh, fans of both of our teams are very unfortunately aware of that. And uh, we're kind of living it through uh, the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, but, we're the big, we're the big uglies to protect our quarterbacks. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a position that that you know isn't glamorous it's dirty it's it's the trenches but those those are the guys who are winning football games at the end of the day and those are definitely the guys who are losing football games at the end of the day yeah yeah that's a Colts offensive line point of Nelson line one I'm I'm kidding (laughs) all right uh Adam Sheffer you know sorry you got you got some news breaking live on air or something no 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 but uh, you know, let's let's start talking about uh, some other teams, so we can uh, maybe feel better about ourselves or worse about ourselves, depending on which what we're talking about. But uh, good, bad, and ugly a week two. I want to hear it. What do, what, do you, what do you got for me? Well, good. How about Kyler Murray <laughs> dazzling everybody again? I mean, Kyler Murray is like a pinball. He's like with a throwing a running ball. Kyler Murray's must see television. I don't care if he's going to go in there or he's on the column. Murray is must-see television. You don't, you don't know where he where he go where he'll go. The defense won't doesn't know where he goes. In fact, Kyle probably doesn't even know where he goes. I mean, he was. I mean, that was a fun game yesterday. And Kyle Murray made it better. Yeah, I mean, he's he he's one of the most exciting football players in the NFL right now. It's, it's, I mean, just watching him elude these rushers and, and just put the ball on a dime. I mean, obviously, you know, throw into, I, I think the Arizona Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins might've been one of the greatest uh, transactions in recent history, because with, with a quarterback like Kyler Murray, I mean, he's so mobile. He's so, he's so, elusive and just able to keep plays alive and make plays happen, which is what, you know, I mean, it's, that's all you can ask for that position is, is extend drives, keep drive, uh, like have long lengthy drives, get down the field and score points. That's exactly what he's doing for Arizona and having a guy like DeAndre Hopkins uh, running routes for him definitely does not hurt his cause, but um, you know, de- definitely a, a, a big plus on, on Kyler Murray. He's definitely going to be uh, one of those quarterbacks that I think we'll be watching for a long time. And then uh, how about a running back? Well, uh, I don't care if it's a 16-game season, 17-game season, 18-whatever-long season. Derrick Henry, like, Derrick Henry has got, like, three or four of those games where he literally carries the Titans. Yeah. You see what Derrick Henry did yesterday in Seattle? Yeah. 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. And six receptions for 55 yards. If you lost with Derrick Henry yesterday, I apologize. Yeah, I mean, those are video game numbers. That's Bo Jackson uh, technical <laughs> numbers. I mean, it's just he's – how do you stop him? I, I just – I don't know how you stop Derrick Henry. You don't. You just hope that you could score more points than, than – I mean, the Tennessee Titans, it's just – you know, T- Tannehill is what he is. He's, he's, not, he's not a superstar – 
but he's not he, he he'll he can get the ball downfield hit his guys and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry which is the most important part of his job but you know the Tennessee Titans obviously had a disappointing week one you know come into it uh, uh, led by Kyler Murray as we were just talking about but you know coming into week two with it with an uphill battle I mean Vegas had him at six and a half point dogs um that was a that was a spread. You know, I, I was a big fan of this week because I, I like Tennessee this year. I, th- I think Tannehill is a um, is is good enough for what that team needs. Obviously, you know, if Julio Jones can stay healthy through the year. The combo with him and AJ Brown is is one of the best. Is a is a, at least talent wise one of the best uh, wide receiver duos in the NFL, in my opinion. And then you add King Henry in the backfield. I mean, they've got all the makings for a a, a good playoff run this year and. Derrick Henry himself, I mean, it's, it, I just, I don't know what else you can say about him other than how do you stop this man? And I don't know how anyone's going to figure it out because he's one of the most overpowered running backs that I've seen in a very long time. I mean, I, I, he's like a, he's like a tank. Yeah, literally. I mean, he's like an M1 Abrams tank on the battlefield. It's just so funny watching safeties try and just fly at him and him just shrug you off and keep going. I mean, gosh. And then uh, how about a wide receiver performance yesterday? Well, let's see. Nine catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Would you take that out of Cooper Cup any day of the week? I would take that any day of the week. I mean – Actually, not actually, a short change in three yards, 163 yards. 163 yards, yep. Uh, I mean, that's you're talking fantasy, that's that's a guy you want on your fantasy team, right there. I mean, I Matt, another, I mean, talking about offseason acquisitions that that are really helping your team. I mean, I love Matt Stafford with the LA Rams. I just think that it, I think that's a fun football team. I think Cooper Cup is is. I mean, uh, uh, if you're in a PPR fantasy league and you have Cooper Cup, you're going to be having a lot of fun weeks this season. And, uh, you know, it's that they're another really fun football team that uh, I think can can go a long way this year. And Cooper Cup's going to be a big re- uh, going to play a big part of that, a big reason why that happens. All right. Well, enough with all the fun stuff. Let's get to all, let's get all the uh, bad and ugly performances yesterday. Well, I don't know if you saw Zach Wilson against the Patriots yesterday, but that was ugly. How yeah. many interceptions did he th- did Zach Wilson throw yesterday? Four of them was it? I mean, uh, I mean, it sounded sounded like a Trevor Lawrence Week One performance. Uh, from <laughs> But uh, um, uh, Zach Wilson did throw four interceptions, nineteen of thirty-three, two hundred ten yards. 6.4 average of four picks and four sacks on the day. So, uh, you know, that's that's probably not what you're hoping to see out of Jets fans, if you're a Jets fan, especially in a game against a division rival. But uh, so you're putting that in the bad category or the ugly category? Bad and ugly. Bad and ugly. I think that pretty much sums it up. Okay. Can you – let's see what you have up to bad and ugly category. Bad and ugly, I'm going to say – Hmm. If you think under the same guy I am, I'm leaving. Oh, the same guy you are, huh? Well, you know, Greg Zerlin tried to make a try or no, the 
you know, Greg Zerlin tried to make tried to make a uh, a claim on the bad and ugly train week two, but you know he saved himself. He saved himself at the end of that game for the Cowboys. Um, I'm gonna say, you know, I, 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 all I can think about is the Dolphins and the Jaguars right now for bad and ugly. But uh, how about? I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles only putting up 11 points uh, against the 49ers. You know, I mean, I know the 49ers are a good football team, but yeah, I, I know you in particular are all in on Jalen Hurts this week. And, uh, you know, guess that the pieces didn't quite uh, fall into place for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, well, how, how did that game? Uh, Jalen Hurts completed 12 passes, 190 yards. At least he didn't throw a pick, but uh, he didn't throw any touchdowns either. So, uh, also, I mean, he had a good get, he had a good day running the ball. He had 82 rushing yards, but with with the touchdown. But you know, I mean, you got You got to. We've seen these mobile quarterbacks, and a mobile quarterback is great until the point where you got to be completing your passes at the end of the day. And only completing 12 passes in a football game probably is not going to help you win that game. So I would just say, I, I, I wouldn't even necessarily put that as ugly. I'm just going to put that as bad because it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it was an opportunity to beat a good football team and go two and zero for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, you know, couldn't quite get it done. Oh, I've got I've got one. Did anybody does anybody remember what Amari Cooper did opening night against the Tampa Bucks? Because I don't remember. Yeah, he uh my fantasy team remembers and uh he put up 40 plus points. And did you see how many he put up yesterday? Uh much, much, much less than that. <laughs> yeah. Three catches for 24 yards. In the game I wanted to see more than any other. It was Talk about an ugly game. That that might have been one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. There were penalties, turnovers, coaches taking an hour before calling timeouts. I'm like, what in the world is this game? I'm like, this game should end in a tie. Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's uh, like you said, that that should have been one of the most exciting games on the dock this weekend. I mean, we have, the Chargers, you know, Justin Herbert, they, they came out good in week one. Obviously, the Cowboys, even though they lost to, to Tampa week one, they played great. Dak looked like he was back. You know, this was this was calling for an offensive shootout, high points, you know, uh, uh, good execution. I mean, these are two football teams that have had some controversy in the past and the recent history, but seems like they're they should be uh, making that final push to uh, to really step things up this year. And, you know, just kind of disappointing from both sides of the ball on, uh, or for, for both teams in that game. So I definitely, and the referees, I mean, I, I, I was talking to you while we were watching some of those games last night. And I mean, just some of the, the, the ridiculous referee uh, decision yesterday, just, we can, we can put refs. I think we, I think we should put kickers and refs in the ugly category for this week, because I mean, you know, Minnesota missing the last second field goal at the, at, at the death, you know, I, I feel like, kickers are, are are really struggling this year and uh you know the referees i mean this has got to be one of the biggest disasters of ref I, it just seems like the refereeing gets worse it's it's really disappointing about how big of a role these referees play in these games because they should not be playing this big of a role i mean they're there to facilitate the game they're there to make sure things go smoothly but it just seems like all they're doing is is ruining it it's just 
upsetting to see, honestly. I'm like, I'm like, every time somebody makes a play, makes a play, I'm wondering, wait a minute, is there where's the flag? Like every special teams play, like every big special teams play, there's usually a flag right behind it. Yeah, I mean, special teams plays coming back. You can't, you can't run, have a a nice 15 yard run, get up and spin the football anymore without getting a 15 yard taunting penalty. I mean, just the taunting, the 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 uh, some of these spots i've seen i don't know if you've seen i mean i've I, I see these players clearly half a foot short of a first down i mean elbow down uh, elbow down with the ball in his back arm and some of these spots are getting first downs without the chains even coming out and i think one of the worst parts about the referees this year is this is this roughing the passer i mean it's like oh yeah You've got a defensive lineman or, or, a, or a blitzing linebacker running full speed at a quarterback. He gets there half a second after they throw the ball. Where is that guy supposed to go? I mean, how is he supposed to contort his body to where he doesn't touch the quarterback when he's sprinting full speed at him trying to knock him over? I mean, and then you throw a fit, and then half the time they get these completions and they add 15 yards on top of it. I mean, it's just. I, the, something's got to be done to make this go smoother because it's the, the, the amount of power that these refs have had and it's just getting worse. And with this technology, I mean, it should be getting better, but it's not, it's, it's, it's really ugly. It's really ugly. How about put it, how about put a microchip on the balls? So then we can see did set ball cross set line. And if the ball cross set line, then it's first down. If not, whatever. I mean, soccer did it with with via. I mean, the so, referees in soccer have wear watches, and that watch will buzz if if the ball goes fully over the line. I mean, it's 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 simple technology that we have. It's just a matter of, and you know, I was against it for a while. I was especially like the the microchip in the football and like having having like first downs like like scientific and down, down to, down to technology, because I was always, I, I was kind of on the, on the train as far as like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to make the game too complicated. You want to, you, you kind of want, you want the natural feel of a football game, but it's, I mean, with, with referees having this much power and this and having these many problems, you know, it's starting to get to the point where I think we might need to uh, go other directions and maybe uh, up, 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 step up the the techno technological, uh, just usage in, in football. Take advantage of it because if the refs aren't getting these things right, we may as well get computers to do it right. <laughs> how about robot? Yeah, how about robot microchips in footballs nowadays? Yeah, I mean, as far as far as the rough in the passer plays go and stuff like that, I mean, we just got to train these refs. To, I mean, I know it's a high stress. I mean, you've got a, a, a couple seconds to think about throwing that flag, but this is the NFL. We're talking about professionals here. These guys are making millions. These football players are making millions and millions of dollars. And if, if you're if you have the right and the privilege or if you have the privilege to be refereeing these games, at the highest level in the world, I mean, the standards have to be high, and and they're not. Yeah. So uh, on to week three now, and uh, thankfully you don't play the Bills this week, but you do play the two and zero Vegas Raiders. So uh, obviously last year, week sixteen, you won there. 
question will be whether two is ribs are ready and rumble. I mean, can Miami and Vegas is hot still? Yeah, you know, that's a question. Um, Tua Flores said in his pressure today, he's he's in a lot of pain still. He, he, he quoted as saying he's day to day, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't think we're going to know until the week goes by and, and right around that Thursday, Friday, Mark, how he's feeling. And, and you know, Flores said putting him in a flak jacket is – is something that that they're discussing something that is is a potential uh, option for them but you know it's really just time we just need time to see how he heals how he's feeling you know if they got to shoot him up before the game if he feels like he's physically ready just in some pain you got to get him some painkillers before the game so be it but um it is promising that you know it's it's not a, a more severe injury I hope he's good to go. Obviously, I think we have a better better chance to win any football game with Tua than with Jacoby Brissett. But um, you know, it's just it's just a matter of of, of his pain tolerance and uh, and and just how how he feels leading up to that game. But you know, credit to Vegas, they've been playing some good football. Uh, played without Josh Jacobs this week, and they didn't really need him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's credit, credit to them. They're, they're playing some good football. And, you know, or I thought, I thought this would be a, a def, definitely a winnable game for Miami. I still think it's a winnable game. Obviously a lot of that's riding on the quarterback position, but, uh, you know, it's the, I, I think Miami's got a shot here. It just depends on if they can uh, put, put the right pieces together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders are leading the AFC no 2-0 against the Ravens and Steelers. Yeah. And then last but not least, uh, guess who's coming to Jacksonville this weekend? Uh, maybe a guy that uh, we've been talking about quite a bit on this show, Mr. Kyler Murray. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. What does what your defense have in store for him? You, you think uh, you, you just were more nervous about how much you're going to lose by or uh... – <laughs> I'm more I'm I'm wondering how many lineups I can get Kyler Murray, DFS lineups I can get Kyler Murray in because I'm seeing the I'm seeing the writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you couldn't beat Houston, I don't give you much of a shot this week against Arizona. Oh, by the way, and by the way, DeAndre Hopkins used to always annoy us in the AFC staff. Now he's coming back with Kyler Murray. Yikes! Yeah. That's definitely not a position you want to be as a Jaguars fan this week. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's why they play the games. You're, you get, you, you've got 53 players to put out there, and, and hopefully they play a little bit better than they have in the first two weeks. But Can, we get, 50, can we get 52 more Chandler Jones to stop Kyler <laughs> Murray this weekend? Yeah, that'd be nice, huh? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hammering, I'm hammering the spread for, for Arizona this week, for sure. Um, oh, come on, come, uh, on, uh, <laughs> come on, man. Hey, I, I can't put my friends, my friends feelings in, uh, as, uh, in, in, in mind while I'm making my sports bets, but you know, I, I definitely, I don't know what the spread's going to be for that game. I mean, probably I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see Arizona favored by double digits. I can't. Where's that game? Uh, in Jacksonville. Well, you get three points there, but I I mean, 
tell me anything single digits and i'm and i'm i'm throwing a bet in right now i'll tell you what Wait a minute. hold on i might be able to i might be able to tell you gotta get a stack guy in on it yeah let me see if i can NFL. <laughs> yeah this is gonna be fun <laughs> uh what are you guessing the line will be uh, I'm thinking for some reason 12 is popping into my head. Oh, God. Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's the lock of the week right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dylan. But I mean, I, I've, I've got to say, I mean, Arizona, seven. I, I, I think that that's a. That's that's a lock. Some of these lines are really hard, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm looking through them on the NFL uh, or ESPN. Like right. Carolina's seven and a half point over Houston. I, I think Carolina could win that game. Baltimore's the nine point favorite over Detroit. Yeah. Kansas City six and a half over the Chargers. Buffalo minus nine on Washington. Uh, and then the Raiders are a four point favorite over Miami. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. New England, three points on uh, New Orleans. So that's uh, I am smashing New England. Yeah. I am smashing New England this weekend. I think they will. Here's an interesting one. How about the Rams minus one on Tampa? Uh, what's the one that thing? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I just see the, I just see the line. What's the one I don't know. I just see LA Rams minus one. Um, <sighs> Tell me the health of Tampa's cornerbacks, and that makes all the difference. Yeah. Over under 54 and a half. I think I would still take the over. Yeah. I think so, too. I'm leading Rams, but I don't know about Tampa's corners. Yeah, that's definitely something that we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, as the week goes by, but that's there's definitely we definitely have some good some good games uh, of football in this upcoming weekend and some uh, some uh, interesting bets if you want to throw some down on this weekend too. So uh, yeah, so thanks for hopping on, Alex, and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks for having me, Dylan. Pleasure as always.